It's Monday, May 27th, Memorial Day. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. I want to start off by saying thank you to all the service members of the military who fight to protect us and give us the freedoms we cherish so much. Today, on Memorial Day, we specifically remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice in service of their country. Telling the stories of those that have given their lives for us is one of the best ways to honor them and keep their memory alive. Today, we speak to National Guard Officer Robert Perry. He will be sharing the story of one of his friends, Corporal Glenn J. Watkins, who was killed on April 5th, 2005, by an IED during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Next, as we continue to celebrate Memorial Day, many of us use the opportunity to travel and get away and you might just be staying at a hotel. But beware of the fine print. Hotel fees are starting to get out of hand. Hotel companies have gotten creative in making you pay mandatory fees with few options for getting out of them. They are often called resort fees, destination fees, housekeeping fees, and more. Scott McCartney, travel editor for The Wall Street Journal, joins us to talk about why you need to read the fine print about extra fees when booking a hotel. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Before we get to our interview and to help put Memorial Day in perspective, I wanted to play a short clip of Lieutenant Colonel Jacob A. Peterson for why it's important to say thank you to those who have given so much for all of us. Memorial Day is not as much for our families of the fallen or for us who have been to combat and endured losses. We remember those guys every day. Memorial Day is for the rest of the nation's citizens to remember and say thank you to those that have fallen and given so much to all of us. May all of our fallen rest peacefully. May we who love them find peace and understanding in their sacrifice. And that the America that they so loved and protected and gave their lives for is forever worthy. We will never forget you. God bless America. I love America. Joining us now is Robert Perry. He's a National Guard officer. He served in Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan. It's Memorial Day. It's a day we take to honor those that have served in the military and that have died in service. First off, I want to say thank you for your service uh, and everything that you do for our country. We honor those the best when we remember somebody, when we keep talking to them, keeping them top of mind. So we wanted to bring you in. We wanted to talk about uh, somebody that you knew, somebody that died in service, we wanted to bring you on. We wanted to talk about Corporal Glenn Watkins. What can you tell us about him? Before I was a commissioned officer, I, I was enlisted, and um, Glenn was in my squad uh, when I was an enlisted rifleman in ALF Company, 184 Infantry in California, Army National Guard. And uh, we deployed to Kuwait together in 2001, right after 9 11. He went off to the uh, state of Washington had got divorced and kind of went on with his life and joined the national guard up there. And, uh, he was, he was a really interesting guy. He was, uh, he was Jewish, but he liked Christian rock music. And, uh, he was a short, tough, wiry little, uh, 82nd airborne paratrooper in his active duty time. He'd also been in the Navy, as I recall. He was one of these guys who, uh, didn't want to be in charge. Didn't want to be the, get all the credit. He was perfectly happy sitting in the dirt, 
doing what an infantryman does um, after 20 years. I mean, he was he was uh, 40-something when uh, when this happened. He was 42. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The LA Times, from time to time, they'll they'll remember veterans, and they profiled him briefly in one of their pieces, and and you know other servicemen and women chimed in, and you know just to remember him as well. And somebody specifically said what you were just saying right now, that he never served beyond corporal because he didn't want to. He was happy being down in the trenches with the guys. Yeah, that's, that's exactly who he was. He just loved being a soldier and he loved the camaraderie and he loved being with other soldiers. And I mean, that really kind of goes to what the heart of what happened on April 5th. We, we arrived in country in uh, early February. Watkins was with the 161st Infantry from the uh, Washington National Guard. And uh, they had roughly the same neck of the woods as we did in Baghdad. And uh, when he found out we were coming from some some of the guys that he was still in touch with, he uh, he said, "Hey, you know, I'll I'll hold over. I'll I'll do a second tour with you guys." I had moved out of Alpha Company. I'd got commissioned by this time, and I was I was serving another unit. And uh, by then, I was uh, in the battalion headquarters. And uh, one day, I'm in the dining facility on our fob and I'm like, wow, that looks like Watkins. Hey, that is Watkins. <laughs> we chatted for a minute. And then a couple of weeks later I saw him again and I'm like, yeah, we ought to have lunch, catch up. He says, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at the battalion headquarters tomorrow for lunch. That next day was April 5th and um, eight o'clock in the morning. I'm walking out of the dining facility, going to the battalion headquarters, get the start of my day. And there was a huge blast. It darn near knocked me on my feet, and I was uh, two miles away. And uh, looked to the north uh, northeast, and there was this big mushroom cloud coming up. I ran to the talk, and like somebody just got blasted. They're like, "Yeah, we got casualties." How long? And, did, how uh, long did it take you to find out that it was uh, Corporal Watkins? Well, that was the thing: is that you know, um, casualties are, are part of our business, right? So. If there's nothing decisive that needs to be done, you, you go about your business. So I, I went to a meeting and, um, you know, we were tense. We knew that we had wounded, but there wasn't anything for us to be doing. So we went about our part of the mission and then, uh, battalion commander was in the meeting and then the, uh, operations NCO came into the meeting about five minutes into it. And he says, sir, we have a KIA. And, uh, the air just went out of the room. It was our first, first serious incident our first kia we'd had a guy wounded a few weeks earlier but um he had to be evacuated but it wasn't awful um and uh it was uh it was shocking um so the battalion commander left the room and he came back and uh he was a our, our bc was a bit of a character he was a uh he was a, something of a poet and uh man of letters and he uh came to the room and he said gentlemen uh corporal glenn watkins gave his life for our country a few minutes ago um and that just i was devastated uh, you know when i say devastated i mean like a piece of me was ripped out didn't cry didn't you know get emotional on the outside but it was really real to me. When when we were at Fort Bliss getting ready to deploy, the battalion commander, and he'd had a formation, and he said, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers coming out of Iraq right now are, you know, 
one in, uh, I think it was 30 of you aren't going to come back. And, uh, there ended up being thousands of deaths from operation Iraqi freedom. Yeah. And you know, he said, look around your platoon and figure out which one of you is, is it going to be? And is it going to be you? And, um, I looked to my left and my right and I was like, uh, yeah, I just can't imagine it being any of us. Lo and behold, uh, by the end of our deployment, uh, our, our, our battalion got pretty beat up towards the end of our deployment. We, uh, we lost, uh, 13 guys total out of the, out of the battalion, 18 out of the task force. When these things um, happen, obviously, like you said, it, you know, it takes the wind out of your sails and, and, and you feel like a piece of you is lost. But does it strengthen you overall? You you take this with you and, and fight harder and, and for what you believe in? It's not that transactional. It's um, it's it's more of um, not wanting those guys to have been killed in vain. Um, you know, when we left Iraq and just walked away, Clearly, there were a lot of national priorities and, and strategic decisions, part and parcel of that. I don't question those. They're not in my pay grade. But um, it was very hard to think of our area of South Baghdad and see it, you know, left um, to uh, a, a very shaky government and not support it and realize that, you know, all that loss, all that. Emotion, all those kids without dads, it's all for, all for naught. Um, it's uh, pretty heartbreaking. Remembering people, remembering those that have fallen is one of the best things that you can do just to continue honoring them. When you get free time on days like this, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, what do you like to do? What do you, how do you practice these days? Um, well, uh, you know, Memorial Day and Veterans Day are very different things. Memorial Day is not for me and it's not for guys currently in uniform. It's not for veterans. I mean, Memorial Day, to me, Memorial Day is for the families. Memorial Day is for the moms and dads and wives and kids that um, left someone over there. Um, and it's for me to go honor them. Um, I uh, I usually go to a local memorial ceremony i've been invited to speak at a couple of them and i've done that a few times but um for me it's it's a sort of a big moment of silence um i uh you know i've i've i said that you know it's our it's our burden and our honor to remember um you know we we lost some guys later in the deployment um and I, I wasn't there when they when they died, but I knew both of them. I deployed with both of them before, like I had with Glenn. And um, I, um, I'll never forget that night because the radio traffic was chaotic, and um, they were firing what we call illumination rounds, basically big flares in the sky to keep the uh, keep the area lit up so they could evacuate the dead and the wounded and recover the scene and. Um, I just, I, every time I see fireworks, I am reminded of that night, that moment. And as much as I would like to um, erase that from my memory and go on and not have to think about the thing those guys went through that night, um, I, I would dishonor them if I did that. I would, that would be a very selfish thing for me to do because 
um, as a citizen, as an American, if we're going to send young men and women off to fight our wars, the sanitized version of combat that we have on TV and movies and whatnot needs to needs to be put in the context of mornings like April 5th, 2005 and nights like that one um, so that we realize that we are sending people off to do, do very difficult, unpleasant things at great risk to themselves and we better be damn sure we're getting it right if we're going to do that. Well, Robert, I, I can't say this enough. Thank you for your service. Thank you for every everything you've been through you know, on behalf of this country and for and for all of us. Robert Perry, National Guard officer. He served in Kuwait, Iraq, Afghanistan. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Hotels these days, they're, you know, quite profitable. Um, the occupancy is high. It's not as if they're hurting for money, but the hotels say they've, they've had a tough time pushing up the advertised room rate because the, it's so competitive with people able to shop and check prices with a few clicks on the Internet. Hotel costs are going up. Their labor costs are going up. Real estate costs are going up. But since they don't feel like they've been able to raise room rates, they've made it up with fee increases. Joining us now is Scott McCartney, travel editor for The Wall Street Journal. Let's talk about hotel fees and how crazy out of hand these things are getting. It seems like every time you check into a hotel, there's a new fee added. They vary in price. We all know kind of the resort fee. I never heard of a destination fee. I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but there's all sorts of things in there. Just finding new ways to charge you for extra stuff. So tell us a little bit about that, Scott. What's this new trend in hotels? It's new ways to charge you that don't show up in the advertised daily room rate. And that's the key. What's really happened is, you're right, the destination fees started several years ago, started in Las Vegas and the Caribbean and Hawaii. And hotels had great success doing that, basically able to raise the rate without telling anybody they're raising the rate. And so urban hotels said, we want in on that. And so they started doing it. Now, it's hard to take a downtown business traveler hotel and, and call it a resort. So they changed the name to destination fee or uh, uh, urban destination fee or facility fee. And so they, they're all and, basically the same thing, though. Yeah, all basically the same thing. Hotels go through, Jim, some add that kind of a laundry list of things that pay for it. Most of those things were previously free, certainly previously free to people who were at elite levels in the loyalty programs and things that people have no use for anymore, like using the phone in the hotel room or free printing of your boarding pass or using the TV to check out or using services of a notary, things that aren't of much value, including even, you know, a personal shopper at the local department store, ice skating rentals and things things like that. They charge a mandatory fee. They uh, say, uh, oh, we're giving you all these perks that you get with it, none of which are particularly of good value, except maybe food and beverage credit. And then you end up with a much higher bill than you thought when you made the reservation. Another one of the fees that has gotten pretty ridiculous recently also is just to use the garage there. I mean, I remember back in the day, you know, you can just self park and your car was there and it's fine. But now you almost can't get into a hotel without having to pay, you know, it's around $30, maybe more just to have your car parked there overnight. That's 
exactly right. Uh, the overnight fees have gotten really ridiculous. I've seen $60 in Seattle at hotels, easily $40 at others. And some of those parking fees even extend to suburban hotels where there's plenty of real estate, plenty of places to park. And yet to get into um, the hotel lot, they want to charge you um, fees for parking your car overnight when there's nobody else around. You had a statistic in your article and it just slapped me in the face. Resort and destination fees increased 400% last year over 2017. And that really because 2018 was the year that downtown hotels, urban hotels really started to get in on this game. Uh, So a 400% increase there. Overall, fees and surcharges at hotels increased about 8.5% last year over 2017. That includes everything, early checkout fees, minibar fees, you name it. So, you know, an 8.5% increase in this economy is is really pretty good. And hotels these days, they're, you know, quite profitable. Um, The occupancy is high. It's not as if they're hurting for money, but the hotels say they've they've had a tough time pushing up the advertised room rate because it's so competitive with people able to shop and check prices with a few clicks on the internet. Hotel costs are going up. Their labor costs are going up. Real estate costs are going up. But since they don't feel like they've been able to raise room rates, they've made it up with fee increases. As a consumer, is there any way to fight back on these? Everything's included already. It might not be on that first price that you see for the room rate. Once you keep going through the process, put your credit card in, you're ready to pay, then it's like, well, it's all these extra fees too that are mandatory. Is there any way to fight back on these? Yes and no. Um, some people have had success arguing it at the hotel. The key distinction here is whether you receive notice of the mandatory fees ahead of time. Sometimes you really don't receive notice until you get a confirmation from the hotel after you made the booking. Now the hotel may argue, well, you knew then, so you could have changed things. You could have changed your plan. Very few of us actually read the fine print down into right. the confirmation. <laughs> you get the confirmation and you think you're good to go. Yeah. Um, you may check the dates. You may check, make sure the things are right but you're not going to read down into the into the fine print. That said, I think when this started at a lot of hotels, for six months or so, they're more willing to waive the fee if you raise a stink about it. But what I've seen personally and, and heard from other travelers is they're really buttoning down and, and saying, sorry, that's the price and and it is mandatory and you got to pay it. This is or the new you normal just now. walk out and go somewhere else. How about online booking services? Because I know very few times people will actually go to the website of a hotel unless you're like a rewards member. But a lot of people go through the booking services. Do they have to put these fees up there? How does that work? They are doing a bit of a scramble to create the technology to display that and figure out how to display that and how to add into a total price. I've been through this with the airline industry where federal law actually requires that airline ticket prices be shown including mandatory fees. Now, a lot of airline fees are optional, baggage fees, seat selection fees, things like that. But anything that's mandatory has to be displayed. And so the online booking services had to adjust to that. There's no federal requirement for hotels, but they are trying to create that transparency so people can see what they're actually buying. It's a bit of a mixed bag right now. In searching around, I saw places where a destination fee was displayed in a box right with the daily rate, the price you can pick the You want a queen bed, a king bed, things like that. And each of them would have the daily destination fee right there so you could see it. In other cases, you didn't actually see the destination fee until you clicked down to pay for the room or or finalize the booking. And it's lumped together with taxes and fees. And you got to click on that to actually see what you're paying. It's very much a mixed bag. And I think ultimately, consumers will demand more transparency, but it's not there yet. Scott McCartney, travel editor for The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Sure, good to be with you.
That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.